Hello, and welcome to the Slidebean Startups 101 podcast, a podcast about what it's like to start a business. My name is Kaya. I am the CEO at Slidebean and your host for today. These are strange times, and if you are in your house, which you should be, chances are you've used some sort of video call with family, friends, or even to go to school. And most likely, it's been Zoom. The video conference software has taken the world by storm. But in the presence of giants like Microsoft and Skype and Teams and Google with its Hangouts, why is everybody using Zoom? To find the answer, we must go back a few years. And yes, spoiler alert, this is forensics. So not all of it is glitter and glamour. All right, so let's talk about one of the most popular apps right now, Zoom, and how it became successful. The origins. If you search Google for the keywords Zoom and successful, you might be surprised to see articles praising the software that date back as far as, well, when it launched back in 2013. The reason for this praise is mostly due to this man. Meet Zoom's CEO, Eric Yuan. In the late 80s, he migrated from China to the US to work in tech. He had the vision that one day technology would allow portable, easy to use video calls. And this became his obsession. As an engineer, he landed a job in a company called WebEx Communications. From the start, Yuan became a key player in developing their video conference software. WebEx became one of the first options for video calls in the market. And at first, it seemed geared for success. So much so that Cisco acquired WebEx for $3.2 billion in 2007. Yuan doubled down on his efforts to improve the software, at the same time climbing up the ranks, reaching the rank of VP of Engineering. Under his guidance, WebEx grew to more than 750 engineers and had annual revenues of more than $800 million. WebEx wasn't only one of the first, but also the most complete video conferencing tools. So it was a hit at the time. But it wasn't perfect. Connectivity was unstable, audio and video would lag, and the installation process was frustrating for IT departments. Remember this. WebEx managed to survive because there was very little competition in the market, but things wouldn't remain the same for long. Yuan was aware of WebEx's deficiencies. In fact, he suggested changes, but upper ranks didn't go along with them. And after dealing with a lot of resistance, he ended up leaving the company. But his time in WebEx taught him very valuable lessons. Check out what he said in an interview. Before I left Cisco, I spent a lot of time talking with WebEx customers. And every time when I talked with a WebEx customer, after the meeting was over, I felt very, very embarrassed because I did not see a single happy customer. And I try to understand why is that? And I summarized all the problems, all those WebEx customers they shared with me. This gave Yuan a north. Customers had to be happy. So he took all these new problems and aimed to create a video conference software to solve them. Was this a bit crazy at that stage? Well, others believed in his idea. In an interview with Forbes, Yuan recalls that close to 40 engineers left with him to pursue that goal. Investors believed in it too. In 2011, he raised $3 million to start his idea, and within two years, he had created the first Zoom iteration. And here we have to highlight a key element in his strategy. He created Zoom with a video-first mentality. Other companies like Skype had created audio first and then adjusted to video. 
which proved to be costly. With Zoom, beta testers were very happy with the product, and after fine-tuning some issues, it finally launched in January 2013. From the start, Zoom was massively successful. By May, Zoom claimed they had reached 1 million participants. With the launch, they clinched another round of funding, this time for $10 million, with a valuation of around $25 million. And by late 2013, another round of funding secured them $6 million more and doubled the company's valuation. By 2014, Zoom had claimed 10 million users. But why was this so good? Zoom's recipe for success. Zoom was great because it provided a lot in exchange for very little. Tech magazines like CNET highlighted its three-in-one package, HD video conferencing, mobility, and web meetings, all for $9.99, which was cheaper than other options, which only provided one or two of these services. Zoom was as compatible as it possibly could with browsers like Firefox, Chrome, and Safari. It also detected devices instantly, so there was no need to have versions for Mac or PC, and its data use was low enough that it worked well even in slow or weak connections. Plus, Zoom had free features that other competitors like Skype charged for at the time, like group video calls. Microsoft would eventually learn from their mistakes and make them free on Skype. But Zoom didn't tend only to the users. Remember how WebEx was particularly hard for IT departments? Well. Zoom wasn't. Cloud meetings meant intrusive installations weren't as frequent, and when they were needed, the process was pretty easy. Then there was this number, 150 milliseconds. That's all it takes for a conversation to feel unnatural. So Chief Product Officer Oded Gal has stated that they worked hard for their entire platform to ensure that those 150 milliseconds are never surpassed. But in the end, all of this is a reflection of what mattered to Yuan people. He has insisted that eye contact is essential for success and for happiness, so the company has worked hard to make this happen as easily as possible. It seemed like there was no stopping them. Is that a unicorn? What do most, if not all, tech companies want? Well, to be profitable. But very, very few companies are able to get there, and we've said Zoom seemed unstoppable. All cylinders were firing and people loved the app and the customer service. CEO Yuan would even reply to tweets from unhappy customers. This is a quote from a former Cisco customer who ended up switching to Zoom. Zoom understands what the customer wants and its technology and customer service satisfy them better than competitors do. So investment came easy from 2014 to 2016. Funding increased and so did the company's valuation until in January 2017, in their Series D funding, Zoom received $100 million and finally reached a $1 billion valuation. And oddly enough, Yuan has said that they weren't even looking for funding. Sequoia, one of the main investors, just knocked on their door. Who wouldn't like that, Sequoia? So this means that Zoom was now a unicorn, a company valued at $1 billion or more but a very different one at that. Contrary to most unicorns, Zoom was making profits year after year. So with the $1 billion valuation in 2017, solid growth in the next two years, it was time for the company to go public. In April 2019, when it went public, shares went up 72% from the original $36 value. That day, Zoom was valued at $16 billion. Not bad at all. Success in turbulent times. Have you noticed one thing about this episode? Zoom's success happened before 2020. It did a lot right beforehand. So it should come as no surprise that Zoom was a hit when people were sent to work from home. But it still was a surprise. Why? 
because it seemed as though everything was already taken. Besides Zoom, there was Microsoft, Google, WebEx, GoToMeeting, just to name a few, but none of them provided a complete package like Zoom does. Zoom even gave users free 40-minute meetings for up to 100 people, and it works in slow, saturated internet. And of course, Zoom couldn't have predicted what happened in 2020. No one could. Since the entire world was taken by surprise by the situation, searches for webinars, video conferencing tools, and VPN spiked in a matter of days, if not hours. So all these years working on making video calls easy came in handy at the right time. People needed a tool that was ready for the job, and amidst all of them, there was one that stood out. Zoom. Is the future bright? This is company forensics, right? You know the type of companies that we talk about in this show. No one knows what will happen, especially right now, but experts have highlighted some possible areas of risk for the company, and one is its stock. Even if use has spiked, its share value is still volatile. In late March, stock traded at a value 36 times higher than what the company had estimated for 2021 because of this very same spike in use. But at the same time, since companies will definitely look to cut costs and increase employee efficiency, Zoom continues to be a tempting offer in the market. The key for them will be to turn all those sudden free users into paying loyal customers. And it's not like Zoom is free of conflict. As this crisis has evolved, reports have surged that the app is facing security issues. Not a good thing when many people are diving right into Zoom to have conferences, including Prime Minister Boris Johnson. The bad news? Well, this isn't new. Security issues have surfaced in the past. In 2018, a security vulnerability was released, and it was found that users were prone to message processing. Zoom worked on the issue, but it didn't stop there. 2019 saw Apple create an update to remove the Zoom server from its devices after it was found that the server rendered Mac computers vulnerable even after uninstalling it. Again, Zoom created patches and upped its security, and again, it didn't stop there. In the midst of the most recent crisis, reports have come up of phishing scams, impersonating Zoom cloud meetings to retrieve information. Zoom is a great example of a company that did three things right. It worked hard at solving a big problem, they aimed for a problem that affected many people, and all the while focused on the customer. But Zoom might just be a victim of its own success. We don't know yet. Does that mean that you're watching the first real-time episode of Forensics as it evolves? No, I really don't think so. I think Zoom is going to keep growing like crazy. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as we did. Remember to turn on your notifications for our podcast. You can also follow us on slidebean.com slash podcasts. See you next week.